Welcome back to a brand new episode, a very special episode of We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm one of the United fans, Caleb, along with virtually Sasha. Um, when we're here with some very special guests, virtually, of course, from across the pond, uh, Chairman Kevin White of Basin Stoke Town, uh, first team coach Dan Brownlee, and player Harrison Cliff, future college player Harrison Cliff as well. Um, welcome, guys. Thanks for coming on the pod. No problem at all. Absolutely loving it. <laughs> so, Dan, right before we started recording, you asked how did this happen? And mostly Loki Doki, who is a football manager, YouTuber, who is do, is uh, recording a save with your uh, with Basin Stoke Town on YouTube and is raising money as well on Just Giving page. And so he about two weeks ago, he put a video out there just kind of explaining the whole situation with very crudely drawn drawings of the crest and the stadium and I think some a stick figure pooping as well on there. <laughs> um, I mentioned it kind of at the end of the pod and like buy their merch. And then my dad, who is who listens, wanted a mug really badly. And last time I was at their house, there were so many goddamn mugs. So I don't know wh- why he wanted a sp- specifically a mug. Like they don't unless they're drinking and then smashing them on the ground. They don't need it anymore. <laughs> so he emailed the team and. Hey, I live in Wisconsin. Is this going to be a problem ordering a mug overseas? And Kevin's like, I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here, of course. Oh, that's awesome. Your son has a podcast that he, he learned about this from. Also, do not order a mug. They break no matter how, how well we package them. <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> last Monday morning, I did a text message and an email from my dad at right before I go into work at like 6.30. Like, hey, Weird story, and now we're here, <laughs> basically. So thank you for coming on. This all happened pretty quickly for an international interview. Um, so uh, I mentioned that the situation with Basingstoke very, like, third-handedly from Loki Doki's video and kind of paraphrase that itself. So, Kevin, could you please explain, like, what the situation is going is, uh what the situation is at the club right now. Long, where'd you start? Um, so a couple of years ago, we got we got kicked out of our, our ground by the old previous owner who um, wanted to sell it for real estate. And for a few years, he'd been planning to to move the plane of the club over to, to a community-based club, um, but didn't actually put any, put any uh, plans in place on where we'd actually play. So... Um, it was sort of transferred over, and uh, and the momentum from the last sort of couple of years, really, which is when I I got involved um, about two years ago as a, as a, as a volunteer. Um, the momentum meant we had to play outside the town for a bit um, in Winchester, which is about 20, 25 miles away. Um, and just before, because obviously we're on a lockdown here in in the UK at the moment, just before the the latest lockdown, we managed to squeeze three games back in in Basingstoke. Uh, at a, a new ground in Basingstoke. So we're still trying to fight for the old ground um, to try and get back there. But obviously the, the old owner still owns it and he's fighting uh, just as hard to um, to develop it into houses. Um, but he hasn't got the town on his side and, and we do really. So, um, so yeah, so it's a bit of a, it's, it's, it's the old sort of um, cliche of the, you know, the, 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 
money hungry owner kicking the football kicking the football um, team out. It's a bit of a bomb villain. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's an interesting one, and um, you know we're we're all having a bit of fun with it. You know, obviously it's serious, but you've got to have some fun with it because it's um, it's it's been pretty hard at at, at, at sometimes. Yeah, and that new Bond movie has been delayed so often. Maybe they need a new story. Honestly, though, if if this was a Bond, if this the whole thing is such a ridiculous story that honestly, I even think if Bond cast this, that people would go, "Ah, oh, it's too unbelievable." Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. It's a joke. Honestly, the whole thing is an absolute joke. Absolutely. <laughs> Glad that you mentioned that. It, it, I, I don't want to come out and say he was a villain, but the way the story reads, because we found articles back in like 2016, coming up to the present, that's exactly how it plays out. Is this guy comes in kind of like, like a wolf in sheep's clothing, and try to pull a fast one on the club, and it seems like now you guys have kind of rallied the town behind you. Uh, yeah. Is that yeah? Is that currently yeah, where? And like last. Works do. I mean, you say it's how the story kind of, or, or certainly how the story's been been played out. There, there's no other way to read the story. No. Um, it, it's it's so black and white. There's no real grey areas about it. Every way you look at it, it's just it's just plain wrong. The only the only dubious kind of question comes from: Was this his original intention, or was this just something that kind of came along and he and he saw an opportunity to to do what we think is a bad thing or what everyone else thinks is a bad thing but was it planned premeditated or, or was it just opportunist that's the only bit that i don't i can't quite wrap my head around um yeah the biggest issue we have with it is that he's convinced that he was the savior of the football club he's gone on record as saying <laughs> he wants save the club the issue is it's like he's he's saved a dog from a wreckage and because he saved him and nurtured him back to health he can now kick it in the and bury it again you know so it's it's not how it works he, mm-hmm. he, he, he if he wants to have this legacy that he's so claims he's so protective about then he's not going the right way about it and he's got businesses no. in Vegas, so you know it, this isn't just going to impact him on a uh, mm-hmm. on a personal level this is going to impact his his business and his reputation so um yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. And so we, we all, like, we, we listened to podcasts from, started podcasts as well from over like the Guardian Football Weekly, and they did a whole thing about ownership in the Premier League with the whole Newcastle sale and owners up that high in the pyramid. Is there any oversight for teams below the where the FA? No, there's not. <clears throat> no, not really. Um, I mean, I'm I'm involved, aren't I? So um, <laughs> that's a joke, by the way. That is a joke. <laughs> that is a joke. Um, no, not really. I mean, uh, uh, in, in sort of non-league um, level, um, there's not really any oversight from from who owns any club, really. And, and I've got to be honest, the oversight, even throughout the league, from the Premier League down, is very, very dubious mm-hmm. anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, some professional clubs have had massive problems recently. Bolton have had had issues. Um, right. Quite a lot of um, league clubs sort of uh, do have these issues. I know Charlton are, are sorting out some Charlton Athletic are sorting some some issues out at the moment. Um, so it, it's not as it's not as regulated typically as US sports. I don't think. Um, 
Because, but then then the structure here is an awful lot different. It's not franchised and and um, and, and has that structure mm. to it. So they're, 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 although there is oversight in, in the professional game, it isn't really. You know, if someone comes in with enough money, most most people are going to push it through. Right. Okay. But you did mention that you had some good news recently. With uh, we saw last month the with the Camrose. Is that I'm saying, I'm saying that right? Yep. So that's the our Camrose old. Yeah. That's stadium. our old. That's our old ground. Yeah. Uh, was it was recently listed as an asset of community value. Yeah. So uh, what does that mean going forward? And what are the next steps that you see to get the team back playing in the stadium when it's safe to do so? So, so that, that's 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 what we want to take back. We've actually got a meeting with um, councillors this week, local councillors on it. And um, basically, so the previous owner owns the land that the ground's on, right? And mm-hmm. now it's a dilapidated sort of shell of what it was, really. If you, if you look at our Twitter and stuff, you'll, you'll be able to see what it looks like now. Um, but basically, in the UK, what you have is uh, asset of community value, which is typically for for old pubs and post offices and you know, the local village pub, that sort of place, which is to protect it from it being developed. Um, and obviously things that would happen at our old ground for, for, that were community-based, such as you know, we had AstroTurf pitches there where local grassroots kids' teams would, would train and play at and, and all these other community um, benefits. Mm-hmm. So we put an application into the local council um, to, to register it and they they went ahead and did it which is a bit of a fly on the ointment for um for old uh goldfinger and um <laughs> and uh and yeah, i mean they've got the right to appeal it so i don't know i don't know what's going to happen but um but at the moment yeah it's an asset of community value and and, and hopefully it will stop the development on it which then I suppose reduces the options for it because you're not going to get a big developer come in to to build mm. the next mini mini town on it um so yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll see it, it at least delays the process and, and and allows us to sort of, sort of rally the troops try and get some funding in and and look at what we do then good that's fantastic and i hope it moves faster than torques do over here so <laughs> we're de- dealing with all this on top of a pandemic and just lockdowns so how was that changed your day-to-day as a as an owner of a team and also how's that changed like how you go about fighting old goldfinger well the 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 biggest thing from my point of view with the pandemic is is obviously we haven't got the football so so Mm -hmm. i personally didn't and i'm honestly just talking from my own point of view here i didn't respect how much of a release watching the football is so you do all the off-the-pitch stuff and all the behind-the-scenes stuff. But the whole reason you're doing it is for the Saturday or the, the Tuesday or, or the next match. And not having that release, I, I, I found, was really um, was, was actually quite difficult. So, so, so God knows what it's like for the, for the supporters and, and also the players like you know, Harrison. Um, I mean, it's given us a lot of time to get a lot of things sorted because... You know, the infrastructure and the club and things like that, we we need to constantly evolve and improve and, and, and make stronger so so we can build the club up to where it should be. Um, so in that sense, it's been quite good to be able to, um, to do all that off-the-pitch stuff. But, you know, we're a football club. We want to be playing football. You know, the supporters want to be seeing the footballers playing football. They don't want to listen to updates from me on, guess what, we've, we've now done this 
to this part of the club. Well, who cares? Who's 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 playing this week? That's what that's what people think, isn't it? You know, and mm-hmm. quite rightly. So, so yeah, it has been tough, but you know, Dan and Dan and the boys have been absolutely fantastic with engaging with supporters and and also from Dan's point of view, it's keeping the keeping the team um, united as a as a as a complete unit really and mm-hmm. you know he's they're, they're doing quiz nights and and all this sort of stuff so so yeah dan and dan and the boys are doing excellent on on that side of things that's awesome uh dan how's your job changed with i obviously you can't manage a game you can't have full-blown practices <laughs> but yeah it sounds like you're keeping the uh, camaraderie going with the team and trying to keep those bonds together like, i mean i appreciate kev's said that but it, in truth the boys have done it themselves they're, they're, we were very particular about who we brought in this year so last year we struggled as a squad um although we had good lads in it with the, the the quality wasn't quite right but this year we've we've not only got the quality in but we've got a really really good group of lads that that like each other um, and that's been a, a large part of our early success, although if you can really call seven games into a league before it closes down by <laughs> a pandemic success. Um, so comparison to where we were last year, we're, we're, we're significantly better. Um, but in truth, the, the boys get on really well. They look after each other. They've been setting each other kind of mini challenges and, and all sorts of stuff. Like, I mean, God knows how many Zoom quizzes and stuff we've done and all that. <laughs> shenanigans. But, um they're a good group, so I, I, I enjoy working with them both on and off the pitch, so it, it's pretty easy. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, um, it has given us as a, as a football club, as an entity, to concentrate on other areas that have, have not necessarily been neglected in the past, but certainly when we were handed the new ownership of the club, we just found ourselves spinning plates. Like, there was no... Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing we could really concentrate on and do it to its absolute best. So now we've got the opportunity to kind of work on um, our community-driven projects and how we uh, even getting new volunteers in to cover different aspects of the the club. Like we, we, we've we've got a little bit of time to sort our ship ship with a P out. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite an exciting time, albeit in amongst kind of darker days with the pandemic going on. But I think we've made the most of it in truth. Um, and I have to admit, low-key stuff on uh, the, the football manager stuff, not that I have a clue what is going on. It's utter <laughs> bonkers. Um, I mean, I, I was kind of tipped off that it was a big deal. I mean, the money raised and all that stuff is is unbelievable. Like, I think we're at nearly ten grand now, which is just ridiculous. Um, That's fantastic. But it's all, yeah, it's it's incredible. And these people don't know us. Like, they don't know our story. They're going off this geezer that sits down playing a football <laughs> manager game and decided to donate its money. Like, it's it's mental. But we're not only have we obviously really benefited from the financial side, which is huge. It's just nice for our club that everyone works so tirelessly at to to make it what it is and make sure that the community driven projects are, are, are kind of flowing out there and we're helping as many people as we can it's just nice to have a bit of a um a light shone on us admittedly it was a bit of a rude awakening when uh the first episode went up and i was <laughs> basically making love to a cheese grater um, which hasn't done uh, a huge amount for my reputation, but um, I mean, I'll take it if he's going to raise ten grand. I mean, I'll, 
Dan, yeah. Dan just didn't didn't think anybody knew about that. He thought it was just between, <laughs> between him and the it. Yeah. Um, but it's been amazing. Like to, to it's a long winded answer to your question, but ultimately my my role, um, the only difference has been that I'm not shouting at players on Saturday at three o'clock. I'm I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> keep in touch with as many as I can, but also I, I don't want to flood them with too much because it's they're, they're looking after themselves and, and that's a really good thing um, and the whole club's kind of pulled together in that sense there's a there's a and Loki's helped with that massively yeah. there's a real sense of kind of a, a, a growing community spirit in amongst our little world so it's it's been quite nice and reassuring so there's going to be a lot of merchandise around the world as well at some point in yeah, a few uh, years time someone's going to exactly. pull a blue and yellow striped t-shirt out or a blue and yellow scarf and go, what the hell is this yeah, and they'll be like, oh, "I remember, yeah, I remember that from uh, from the football manager days." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, for listeners. I'm wearing my Basingstoke Town uh, scarf right now. It's very soft, very good material, um, <laughs> very affordable as well. I, I think Great, very affordable, and also <laughs> I think it's in style. Yellow and blue, I think, just are the colors of 2021 and beyond. Yeah, for real. Um, so. Do you have any? This might be a question for Harrison, but do the players have a term of endearment for you, like cheese grater or? Um, <laughs> I mean, not until you just said that, so thank you. They will do um, now, yeah. I'll definitely put that in the group yeah, I, I kind of avoided that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they'll forget. You know, there's not games on Saturday, so they'll for the moment. So they'll well, won't know to call you that until there's like consistent games and all yeah. cheese graters on our. Really grating our ass on this right now, and, <laughs> and there's there's not really a, a parallel that I can make from non-league football to an American sport. Uh, Sasha, can you think of any like maybe minor league baseball? But we don't really have because the, the 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 soccer system here isn't tiered. It's it's all locked into place pretty much. So there's no movement. Unless you have millions of dollars, then call MLS Commissioner Don Darber. He might have a, a team for you. Um, so I guess what are the what are the what's the difference between coaching non-lead and to coaching, say, even like a lead two team like Oldham Athletic? Like, do you um, obviously you can't you're not fully professional, like so you can't practice every single day, but time's the big one. Yeah. Um, we we get probably two hours a week if we're lucky. So we train on a Tuesday and Thursday, unless we've got a game on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, all these lads, or the vast majority of them, are in full time employment. So we train in the evenings, and unfortunately, as is the nature of uh, English football, but in particularly Basingstoke, there is such a lack of facility, um, which is why again this Camrose campaign is so important because we, we we need more facilities in Basingstoke to allow not just us to train, but kids, girls, women's teams, like the, the whole shebang in football, like football is suffering at the moment because of lack of facility. Um, but from a coaching level, I mean, we get an hour a week um, effectively. So it's not like I can stand there uh, and do a kind of Pep Guardiola session where we're talking about uh, kind of the finest details of football and because you only get an hour. So the, the main majority of, of my time is spent working on an overall game plan or an overall system that is easy to implement based on the player group that we've got, which is why recruitment is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in all honesty, the, the, the bulk of my job is to making sure that they're fit for the Saturday from a mindset perspective and a, 
a physiological one um but it's it's not it's not easy um i think i i, I don't really know the, the the huge differences because i i I think it's a, it's almost like a different it's not a different sport but it's a, it's an entirely different way of coaching. Um, it's like trying to write an essay. If, if you're given ten thousand words, it can sometimes be be easier than if you're asked to write an essay on a thousand words because you've got too much to say in too little space. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the analogy I'd use. Not saying it's easier to to run a League Two club. I, I don't think it is, but um, certainly as a, as a coach, it's it's harder to get your information out there. So you have to keep it clean, simple, and easy to implement. And you mentioned Pep Guardiola. Are you, are you like the non-lead Pep, would you say? No. <laughs> <Or expensive. laughs> no, I'm not. No, do you know what? There's, no, I'm not. It's easy to So this is, uh, okay, so if, if you, I don't know if this was your question, but if I was to base myself, I'm about to base myself on Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, uh, who is the greatest manager all time so yep. bear with me with it <laughs> but in terms of style of play that is who I most want to emulate that 1999 team and I don't know if you know kind of English football history in terms of the treble winning season that Man United had I'm a Man United fan Basingstoke fan first Man United second of course um, and yeah it doesn't help where your chairman's a Scouse fan either uh, a Liverpool fan so it is yeah. Yeah. always uh, a away from being sacked on the weekend The the idea of that style of football, I I love wingers, I love ratty midfielders that want to work hard, which is where Harrison comes into his own. Um, I I tend to work with two strikers and I usually play with the back four. Um, Pep Guardiola, if you try playing that in in non league, you'd get battered. Mm -hmm. You'd get battered. The pitches aren't good enough. With the greatest respect, you don't have enough time with the players to kind of go through that system and structure. And also, with the greatest respect, players aren't necessarily good enough at that level to hold the ball in tighter situations in your own 60-yard box. So you have to play with the tools you've got um, and also the conditions. Like this idea that we're going to be playing on a, a kind of the Etihad where you might as well be playing on a carpet. Um, in England, you'd be sometimes lucky if you're playing on a cabbage patch. Like it's mm-hmm. some, some of the pitches you play on are horrendous. So um, you have to fit your game to all sorts of different permutations, which which can be complicated. And that was where I was leading to. So thanks for just thanks for going on <laughs> well, to that. I was like, oh, perfect. So does that mean like like Sir Alex Ferguson at halftime, if the players aren't aren't doing their job, you're giving them the hair dryer treatment? Do you know what I think? Unfortunately, I mean, I was. Everyone has a problem with the, with the generation below them. I remember when I started playing, the generation above me, and I think generations within football usually last about ten years. Although I think that is, over time, that those those kind of uh, incrementals are getting smaller. Um, I think I was the last generation where it was actually beneficial to do a hairdryer treatment because that's why he did it. People forget, people just think Fergie's mental like, and, and just rips people's head off. But there was always a purpose to it. I always remember um, him talking about Eric Cantona um, or, or more, more so other players talking about the way he dealt with Eric Cantona. He, he'd rip into Ryan Giggs. He'd rip into Paul Scholes. He'd rip into uh, a Steve Bruce and Gary Pallister because he knew it would get, a beneficial reaction which would spur them on to do better 
but he never did it with Cantona because he knew he wouldn't get the best out of them. And unfortunately, I say unfortunately because it's it's not my it's not my go-to reaction. Anger isn't my go-to reaction. My my go-to reaction is first of all look at myself and see what I should be doing differently because if the players aren't doing it, maybe it's because I haven't set them up in the right way or maybe I haven't communicated it right. Um, I I invariably never get angry at lack of quality the only time I lose my head is either a lack of um, a lack of endeavour or application but most importantly work rate there's no excuse for it like unless you are if you're working at 99% you've still failed because it's something you can control like you have to be working 100% as far as I'm concerned um, and that doesn't mean charging around like a bull in a china shop going mad. It means working smart and playing with your head and staying concentrated. Like they're, they're different. And I'll talk up Harrison here. Um, one thing that work rate doesn't necessarily come naturally to people in terms of the spirit and determination. Some people will fold. Some people where the, they'll feel too much pressure. Harrison, at a very, very young age, which is why, I mean, he's flying over to America at the moment. Um, it's allowed pretty much, um, as long as Donald Trump hasn't completely spangled your system. Um, but the, uh, You're still open. Yeah. Um, but, but Harrison is, is probably one of the, the most natural hard workers I've ever worked with. And I've been in the game for the best part of 15, 15, 20 years. And he, naturally, his work rate, spirit and endeavour embodies everything that Basingstoke is about. It's about hard work, grit, determination. And even if you're not necessarily playing well, if you can work harder than the other team, nine times out of ten, you'll probably get some form of result. And and that's why Harrison is... is so, don't get me wrong, he's got a, a huge wide-range skill set. But if you were to put... If you were to use football manager tactic, <laughs> his, his, his score for work rate would be unrivaled and paralleled. Absolutely. And then, do you know what? That's one of the hardest things to actually train. Work ethic is something you would typically have or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, other skill sets, whatever it is, your, your your movement, your control, whatever, shooting, they're all stuff that can be trained pretty easily to a, to a certain extent. Work ethic, you know, you'd rather have players that can run through a wall with you that you can train in other areas than a lot of skillful prima donnas that <laughs> want to look good on a football pitch, but when it gets a bit wet or a bit rainy, aren't going to do anything. So, um, so yeah, it's... Um, I completely agree with, with with Dan on that. And when when Harrison hits um, hits your 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 side of the pond, he's um, yeah, he's gonna, I, I think he's going to benefit massively from 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 the whole sort of system. I don't want this to become a complete. Let's rub Harrison's ego here. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, yeah. One of the and that was ego, unless that cut out. Uh, <laughs> one of the. One of the biggest compliments I can play Harrison is is my best mate, who I still consider one of the... the I'll name-check him because he'll love this. Aaron Parfit, who's my, one of my best mates, he he is naturally one of the, the best players I've certainly played with. Passing range, skill, uh, just know-how. Like, But he's so annoying to play against. Um, he, he's just... He'll know exactly how to wind you up. He'll know exactly what to say. He's this ginger kid that looks like he shouldn't be anywhere near a football pitch doesn't look like he's ever played 
and then you watch him and you go, oh my God, he's amazing, but he's so annoying. Uh, we played we played them in a friendly um, uh, pre-season because he, he doesn't play for the club that I manage. Uh, and Harrison was up against him. And after the game, and bearing in mind, Aaron's played for the best part of 15, 20 years as well. He came off the pitch and he, <laughs> and he said, Harrison is the most annoying shit I've ever come across. <laughs> pretty high praise, Harrison, especially since yeah. he almost uh, killed Dan's dog. Oh, no. Do you know... Oh. <laughs> that really got <common> conversation. <laughs> oh, it's amazing you still at the club, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the listeners didn't hear that, so maybe we should explain quickly before they turn off the podcast what exactly uh, happened. Yeah. And that the well, dog is okay. <laughs> yeah, dogs. Well, I'm guessing Dan, dog's okay. Not, not thanks to you, but he's doing all right. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so we were going to go on a, well, we were going on a night out and obviously. But I got dropped off at Dan's house. So I thought, you know, meet up with all the lads. And my mum pulled away and a dog <laughs> ran out in front and my mum hit it with a car. So I, I didn't actually realise it was Dan's dog at the start. And then I went, oh, my God, my mum's just hit the gaffer's dog. I went, I'm never going to play again. And it's never going to happen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but <laughs> the dog's okay. So, yeah, that, that comes back to haunt me. <laughs> We think it, we figured we, you could use it and spin it in a in a positive light and just say. It sounds like it sounds like you're blaming your mom, blaming your mom on it. I mean, oh, I had to stick on her, but I wasn't driving the car. You know, I I just got out and she, she, she I think she generally thought, oh my god, I can't. Oh, she couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. She was in shock. For like, <laughs> the next twenty four hours, getting texts and texts, getting dog around. I was like, yeah, the dog's fine. The dog's fine. So yeah. <laughs> it's just a little bit of a limp, but it's. Uh, <laughs> They, they were saying, but before you jumped on, which is obviously why they knew, they, they were saying that the, the spin could be if we position yourself as the dog killer, all of a sudden people are, are going to take too kindly to you on the pitch. That's, yeah, true. So true. That's I mean, that nickname has stuck, hasn't it? <laughs> Just don't true. forget Dan's nickname with the cheese. That's the only thing he's <laughs> yeah, exactly. get back. <laughs> the cheese, the true. cheese grater. <laughs> so, go ahead. No, you. Harrison, you have had to be, I'm guessing, pretty creative with your school time since what's the, what's the time difference between yeah, eight, eight hours, we're eight hours ahead. So, yeah, it's been, I'm, I'm used to it now because I've been doing it since August. But oh, wow. last year, um, during fall, I was up till about quarter past one on Mondays and Wednesdays, quarter past one in the morning doing lessons. So that was, that took a couple of weeks to adjust. But th this, to be fair, this year I'm finishing about half 10 most nights so that's not too bad but yeah it's strange you know everyone else is kind of finishing work and finishing this and i'm just starting it's strange <laughs> um but no it's, it's it's going well i'm i'm adjusted to it and managing it has that also played into like, your fitness schedule have you had to make adjustments with that and the pandemic um i mean to be fair it's, it, it might it could have helped really because i've got the because i haven't got lessons during the day i can use the whole day kind of to my advantage really and use that for fitness time and use my evenings to kind of get my head down and get my work done but yeah don't get me wrong there's had to be adjustments and it is weird again you know not training with a team it's so much harder I never truly appreciated training with a team until you're not training because there's even times you know where I've gone oh I'm just training tonight training tonight but from going from training with a team and seeing everyone you know a few times a week to then not at all and having to get fit on your own it's it's difficult it really is So uh, uh, I did ask Dan um, 
is he Pep? Uh, what midfielder do you base your play mm-hmm. style, or who do you want to emulate in your uh, playing style? At I mean, I've always been a massive fan of Paul Pogba. Um, I've just loved the way he played and the way he makes it look so easy and effortless. Um, but I also even like even Mason Mount. I don't know if it's just because he's a young English guy, um, but I like the look of him as well. But if I could be anyone at midfield, it would probably be Paul Pogba. Uh, French team Paul Pogba, right? Not Manchester United. Oh, no, not Man U. French team, yeah, 100%. <laughs> In fairness, over the course of the last couple of months, Paul Pogba's actually been all right for the Reds. He's been doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, he has been all right this year. <laughs> um, so, uh, where, where are you going to college? Um, and how, how did you choose that school as well? Like, well, how did you? In well, yeah, so I, I was working with a guy called Tom Nutter. So he basically just kind of holds these showcase games and has coaches come, you know, from all over the States and kind of have a look at people. So I was, you know, I spoke to a few coaches and, and, then came in contact with the head coach at Cal Poly Pomona, which for a start is in California. So that was obviously like a you know, <laughs> nice little indication. Yeah, yeah, California is very nice. Yeah. Um, but also as well, you know, the coach, the coach was English, which maybe, maybe a bit biased. I don't know. But, you know, the first thing he said to me was the reason I like you is because I know how much you can improve, which at the start, to be fair, I took as a backhanded compliment. So I was like, maybe he doesn't think I'm too good. <laughs> but at the same time, I did say, you know, I, I, the one reason I want to go there is to try to get improve as much as possible and come back in, you know, three or four years time, the best player I, could, I can be. And he gave me and persuaded me that he could do that. So that's the reason I made my choice. But yeah. The California son definitely did tempt me, but um, is, yeah, he persuaded me. He said, look, I can make you the best player possible. I was like, okay, let's, let's do it then. Yeah. California is a lot nicer year round than here in Minnesota. Does it's, Still below freezing, but it's the warmest it's been in what week and a half, ten yeah. days, twelve days. Yeah. So good choice on, on California. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and you mentioned before you have been doing quiz nights, and I didn't even know that, but I had, I wrote you guys an MLS quiz because why not, right? Um, okay. If you, any, if you did any of these right, I'll be very proud of you. Um, <laughs> Before we start, to clarify, Caleb makes these cruel quizzes that he throws on me uh, spontaneously. They're not <laughs> cruel. Yeah. Cruel, <laughs> yeah, it's not cruel. What's the MLS? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be I, so I, much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the so, answer is David Beckham and LA Galaxy, Harrison ain't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... You guys can work as a team, or you can go against each other. And usually, let's see the first two questions first, and have a side. <laughs> exactly. We'll see. That'll be how it goes. I mean, I do spring these on Sasha without any warning. Although by now, you, sh- you should realize it's coming, right? I mean, by now. Yes, but I have to be careful if, if I mention anything ambiguous, right? Because the Spartak Moscow quiz just like blindsided me you said they were your favorite <laughs> russian team so like oh he knows all about them obviously and you didn't so i think you should be apologizing for me to me for, for lying to me <laughs> so anyway uh there's no points it's like whose line is it anyway the points don't matter but i guess bragging rights if you want to do that around <laughs> basing stoke um there's 10 questions and if you did any of them right you win <laughs> Um, number one, which team is owned by David Beckham? 
into Miami. Come on now. Exactly correct. That's the easiest question. We're working Perfect. as a team. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, name three current MLS players. I didn't have this at five earlier, then I went not down to three, so like Bradley Wright Phillips. Yep. Is it, is it Nanny one? Is Nanny down yep. there? Is he? Yeah. yeah. At Orlando. Who was the who was the lad who was at Spurs and Barcelona? Oh. Uh, when he's Zico's son or something. Um, Giovanni Dos... Is it Dos Santos? He's actually in he's Mexico now. He was a Galaxy a few years ago, though. Mm, who else is over there at the moment? Come on, there's got to be another player. Isn't Zlatan? Isn't Zlatan still there? No, he's in no, Milan he's now, isn't he? Now. Mm. The real retirement lead. <laughs> I've got no idea, genuinely. I'll, be, I'll tell you who. I'll tell you who. He's just gone to into Miami. Uh, what's his face from Stoke City? Shawcross. Shawcross. Really? Ryan Shawcross. He's just signed yesterday or today. Oh, oh we missed that. Well, that's yeah. you heard it here you first. Guys. Ryan Shawcross into <laughs> Miami. Yeah. Breaking yeah. news. I, I, I'll, I'll give it to you because I mean I didn't know about Ryan Shawcross, but yeah. Two out of two for the since you work as a team now. That, that news is literally um, number three. How many MLS teams have folded or ceased to be now? And since what, over the period of forever? yeah, uh, yep, uh, since 1996, we've oh. been going, and so far, anyways, multiple teams, really? Yeah, you haven't been going that long to start folding. <laughs> Oh, we know. <laughs> I'll take a stab at four then. Anyone else? No, that's what I was going for. Yeah, go for. Close, so it was three. Three teams have folded since 96. Bloody hell. Yep. <laughs> Number four, can you name any of the teams who have folded? Uh, bonus points if you also guess the year they folded. Rowdies. Tampa Bay Rowdies, is that one? Uh, you got the right city. Well, the Rowdies are currently an actual team playing just in, oh, okay. the, in the second division, which means nothing because they, there's no promotion or relegation. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I couldn't name you any. I genuinely couldn't. But you did get the city right. There was a team in Tampa Bay that folded. Another Florida team, and then a team in California. Should know that, H. I have no idea. The Orlando. <laughs> Orlando, um, no, 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 I don't know. Orlando, um, any, Harrison, got anything? No, I've got nothing. Dan, does Sasha know this? I feel like I want to hand over to you. I do. <laughs> A lifeline. <laughs> All right, Sasha, you're on the you're on the spot. Okay, uh, you don't have access to the document, so that's true. Uh, Tampa Bay Pirates, closish. Oh, I. I what do Pirates do? Buccaneers? No. No. That's, that's Swashbucklers. Football. All right. Uh, is, is it Kansas City, Wizard, Kansas City Wizards? And no, the, no. They're still a team. They just changed their name because every every MLS team has, ch- has to change their name at least once. It's in the bylaws. I guess I don't know this. The third one is the, is the Mexican-owned team that... It's Ch- Chivas, yeah. Chivas USA. Chivas, Chivas, thank you. Yeah, Chivas USA <laughs> in 2014. And then Tampa Bay Mutiny... In 2001, and also the Miami Fusion in 2001. 
I mean, they deserve to fold with that kind of name, to be honest. Yeah. I, yeah, I want to know how right. Kevin has heard the name Tampa Bay Rowdies. Oh, yeah. back to the old, back to back to the old Pele and George Best days oh, when even right. they played in America. We our our team, Minnesota United, used to play against the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and I I disliked playing them always. I don't know they why they were one of the toughest teams to play every yeah, year. Yeah. Why did they fold then? Uh, Miami and Tampa Bay folded in two in two thousand one, and then Chivas in two thousand fourteen. What's the reason behind the finance? Yeah, is that the reason across the board for most? I believe so, and there's a bunch of lower league teams have folded recently as well, unfortunately, in in the United States. But if it feels like American, oh, I can't believe I'm about to say this word, soccer. Hey, has, um, you guys made the word. We just well, adopted it. Yeah. It feels like it's it feels like it's come on a lot because it was always women's soccer, right? That was kind of the at the forefront. I remember being kind of ten ten years old or so, and I, I was playing. This is going to sound completely sexist, but it was the first time I realised girls could play football. Um, because it, 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 I, that sounds really bad, but at, at the time, when I was like 10, girls weren't allowed to play football in school. They played netball, we played football. There were no girls' clubs, there was, there was no nothing. And I went on a Man United, um, on a Man United training camp up in Manchester for a week, and they'd flown over. It was about 20, 30 uh, girls. I can't remember where from now. I think it might have been New York. Um, they were called the. There was New York. The, I'll tell you why. The the, na- the clue was in the name. They were called the New York Knickerbockers. Oh yeah. Um, and because they get they gave me a T-shirt. I still got it actually. But they were unbelievable. Like, I couldn't I couldn't fathom how good they were. Like technically, how good they were. And it was my first realization. And and in speaking to them, they were always like, yeah, American female soccer is always was always pretty big unless they're lying to me no it i think it has been because we have so many other sports here like uh, american football and that usually in the same uh season as soccer is for like schools that usually both play in the fall that season soccer seen is seen over here and this is unfortunate but it's true it's seen over here as a less manly sport because you're not colliding heads at 100 miles an hour and therefore not as manly as football is or american football is which how is how manly can it be when you're padded up in bubble wrap from head to toe <laughs> is it really that manly I'm, I'm on your side don't forget that i'm on your side <laughs> <laughs> sorry that did sound quite uh <laughs> like you were the representative but, sorry. But that is how it's seen over here and um right. doctor is one of the, the main sports that girls would play because they can't there's no american football for women there's no there's very limited uh hockey for women mostly for the northern states um so there's not that chance to get very physical on a field together and that's probably why um the u.s women's national team has been so good for so long is because we have we probably have our best athletes playing that sport and i remember and being in a hotel room with my parents watching the shootout that the women won the first world cup and the men will never do that and the dad men will never win a world cup for us but it has gotten a lot bigger over here i think with tv deals um big games are shown on uh espn and the bigger national 
tele televised games and I think growing the youth side over here as well and I think having the World Cup over here in 2026 I believe will also help grow the sport as well I mean I'm a late adopter to, to I mean the social we call it soccer so I'm going to say soccer I'm sorry <laughs> um mostly because of my wife who played all through her youth and all through high school and I was kind of a, 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 a fan for 2010 watching our, our greatest moment in men's soccer history is when Landon Donovan scored the game winner against Algeria in the group stage. <laughs> Other than that, it's been all downhill. <laughs> but then, you know, my wife was really into soccer. When I started dating her, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm also into soccer. And at that point, it was a lie. But now I'm have a podcast about it and we go to Minnesota United Dames all the time and I think that's the sport is growing because we have a 19,000 seat stadium and it sells out every match in Minnesota nice so I totally forgot where I went oh yes that's the twiz but were you just trying to distract me I guess you know, the rest of the twiz I'm busy, but that's anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Question number five. There's only ten questions. Number five. What is the name of the trophy for the team that finishes with the most points at the end of the season? Surely just the MLS Cup. That's actually the trophy for the playoffs. Because we're American, we need playoffs. Of course you do. <laughs> no relegations, right? Right. Um, I've no idea. Is it named after someone specific, or is it named after just a... It's no. named... No, it's... It's not in someone specific. I'm trying to think of like the most American phrase. <laughs> so it's not very American. I'll give you a hint here. Is it not? I was going to go like the monster super challenge supreme or something like that. Don't forget McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> you guys call your fans over there. Supporters. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's your hint. That's the first. That's the first word. Yeah. Okay. Supporters cap. <laughs> <laughs> Close, yeah. It's the supporter shield. Yep. Is it actually a shield? Yeah. That's that's exactly what I thought. (laughs) So this is a a fun fact for you guys. It's technically not given by the league. It is technically given by the the, uh, Independent Supporters Council. Uh, So each team has a supporters group. We have the Dark Clouds or technically Wonderwall here in Minnesota. And... um, there, there's a committee of all the team supporters group, and the, the, that committee uh, awards the supporter shield at the end of the year. So technically, it comes from the supporters and not from the league. Um, so, and this year we there was a, a big campaign actually to not award it because of the the awkwardness and the unbalanced season that we had, uh, and then we ended up awarding it. So, who won it? Uh, Philadelphia Union. Yeah. And because of COVID, they didn't have the actual shield in the stadium when they won it. <laughs> It was like one of their staff's sister's boyfriends had a, had like a replica Captain America shield. They like took the paint off and like put a, a, a laminate on there to make it the supporter shield for the night. Oh, <laughs> number, oh, number six. What does Tam and Gam stand for? These are very important things in MLS. T-A-M, G-A-M. Got to be something statistic-based, doesn't it? 
Is it anything to do with positions? No. No. Okay. T-A-M-G-A-M. Tam. Yeah, I assume they're acronyms, right? Yeah. Okay. I've got nothing. <laughs> Give him a hint. Yeah, uh, the M in both stands for money. Oh, that throws me off even further. I was nowhere near that. Uh, <laughs> I would have given them the A, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably still get it. The A is allocation in both. So T, allocation money, and G, allocation money. Team and group? I mean, that makes a lot more sense, to be honest. <laughs> than what it no, is. Uh, targeted allocation money and general allocation money. Basically, these pools of money that teams should use to sign players that just the foreigner right. stuff and yeah. you know star player yeah yeah i think so yeah if anyone says they understand the difference between the two they're lying to you so don't listen to them right. so in fact, <laughs> my, my version made way more sense it right? did actually, no. yeah. so the, the foreign player kevin is the uh dp position which is the designated player that's who, it who that that can get paid more salary than the rest of the t- of the so then, ta- the, yeah. yeah, the the <laughs> max the minimum for a DP player is more than a minimum for a senior player, but you can also use TAM to buy down a contract of a DP player to make them not a DP player anymore. It's so complicated. So a TAM yeah, player. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And if we you can afford a player, yeah, if you can afford a player, buy a player. If you can't afford the player, don't buy the player. Absolutely. Oh, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> Sasha and I and Nick love this lead, but God, it's so confusing on how like roster spots work. Is the draft system still? Is that only basketball? Is that part of football as well? Yep, it's part of football as well. Yeah, or soccer as well. So so I've um, I've always had this thing. Do the players actually get a choice here? I'm, by the way, I'm not. I'm not trying to take over your quiz again. I'm not. Trying <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> but uh, we, so I, I've 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 watched the the draft thing on basketball, right? Mm-hmm. And they all act surprised, like they didn't know, which I'm assuming is horseshit. And that I'm assuming they know actually before, or they get a good idea. Mm. Do the Usually, players have a choice. They don't have a choice. That, Usually, <sighs> yeah, that yeah. blows my mind because this is not. America's massive, right? In England, I can understand. If you if you go to play for Chelsea and you end up in Manchester, you've got a two-hour drive. <laughs> but in America, you can end up in a different climate. Like, it's yep. just... <laughs> yeah, and players usually know, like, right before they're taken, because their agents will call them, like, oh, yeah, you're getting taken next, they just call me, and you're going to be drafted by this team. Um, it's happened a couple times where... Players have refused to go to the teams. Only in, uh, in the NFL, it happened with uh, uh, Eli Manning, was drafted in, by a Californian team, but really wanted to go to New York. So he said, "Trade me, or I won't play for you." And what happens there? Is that is there? They ended up trading them right. for a lot of draft picks and money, and but yeah, but, otherwise, but that's also a guy. Like that's a that's an upper level guy. Yeah, like, that's like he was the first round. He's the first overall pick in the NFL. Like right. right. If you're, if you're drafting like the third or fourth round, like, oh yeah, you're going there, back. or you don't play. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, there is something in in uh, MLS called homegrown players as well. So if right. a player comes up through your academy, goes to college, 
eligible for the draft, but you can go and sign a pl- sign them to a contract because they came up through your academy. Like for example, Minnesota United just signed uh, Patrick Wea, who is George's nephew, because um, he came up through the academy here. See, is he actually his nephew? Because this happened a couple oh, no. of years There was a geezer in the Premier League who I think it's a high Redknapp story. Is it Harry Redknapp? Who claimed that he was George Weyer's cousin. So he was signed on that basis, played a game, found out he was absolutely toilet, <laughs> and then uh, the uh, like it found out that it was just a load of cap. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's never even met George Weyer. So I wouldn't read too much into that. <laughs> he's been like, he's been on t- uh, Tim Weyer's, like they're friends on like everything. <laughs> so I, I assume they're, Cousins are uh, like related, so I mean, I don't, don't want to make this a new kind of a Obama's oh, birth certificate thing again, but I <laughs> like well, there's precedent at least in this one in this case, so I hope you're wrong. Because <laughs> 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 he looked really good, but is um, that so I, I understand that like, I'm coming from a different side of things that that oh, in itself blows my mind that like the fact that a player can just be thrown to a, a, the other side of the country is that. Is that universally thought, or am I just in the minority? Well, that's part of the reason we did that. I wanted to do this twiz because right. we, we're, we're playing the same sport, but it's completely different. Yeah, yeah. And, awesome. yeah. Wow. It, it, it seems like in states, especially states like Texas, that are massive, there's this interest to look out for players who are in your state. You want to keep them local, and Texas does produce a lot of players from their yeah, academy. Like, so typically, but it's not a there's a lot of team. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple teams that don't go through the draft. They'll trade away all their draft picks. Like Philadelphia has done it a couple times. Dallas has probably the best academy in America. They just had someone bought for, by Roma recently, and then they so because that's the end goal for Harrison, right? So he's going into that system. The end goal for him is to move through to the draft and then yeah become a first round draft pick. Is that that's that that's the ultimate aim for him, isn't it? Ultimate, yeah. Oh, oh, Harrison, is it the ultimate? Yeah, aim? <laughs> yeah, it is the ultimate. Aim, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Do you, so you, you want to play here? To sorry, what did you say? Do you, you want to play? From... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 oh, Zoom calls. <laughs> Harrison, do you want to play here in, in the states? Oh, I mean, well, outside I mean... of college, obviously. Uh, I, I would, to be fair, I would play anywhere I can play professional, if I'm totally honest. If it's in America, great. If it's in England, even better. If it's Sweden, <laughs> Finland, anywhere anywhere to play professional, I'll play. That's how I look at it. Well, once you're eligible for the draft, we'll just play that uh, clip of Dan pumping you up to our, to the, send, send that to the, Perfect. to, to Minnesota United and see if they can. Yeah. Like, come on, this guy's, that's Paul Podba. <laughs> right here, right here, right, right there at Cal State. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, number seven. <laughs> uh, question number seven which beer sponsors rivalry week so we have something here in mls which is totally convoluted only for the sponsor for sponsors and ad money um rivalry week where the rivals will play each other and some are like local, but in America you can't get very local unless you're in the same state or is this like a university equivalent of varsity day? I don't know. 
so so uh, I went to, I went to university in Coventry, which is a uh, one in the Midlands, and our varsity was against Warwick because we were neighbours basically. Okay. And I had yeah. a whole day basically around that. It's a similar idea, right? Yeah. Beer. The only. Uh, Budweiser or Coors. What else? What other beers? I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's uh, German beer. Oh. <laughs> Rolsch? Is that German? Sounds German. I think it's German. It's all right. No, just German. Heineken. And it's yes, correct. It is Heineken. Get in. <laughs> it's all convoluted for ad money because our rival. What is is it? Kansas City, which yeah. might actually be a rival now because we actually beat them <laughs> this past so is, year. Is the, is the rival based on geographic location or points over season? Or it's based off of geographic location. Some of them are just like, oh, you guys are rivals now. It's like, but we don't. <laughs> there's no history. Of, <laughs> there's no history there. at all. Because but then there's some like uh, Seattle and Portland who hate each other, and they've been playing in the same division for longer than they've been in MLS. So it goes back to a little farther. But you mentioned earlier, this league is very young, and a lot of these teams have just joined this century. So there's not a lot of deep, pistol-rick rivals. Yeah. So the league tried to make Chicago our rival first, who is a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour drive away. Now our rival is Kansas City, who is a six-hour drive away. I mean, if you drive six hours... Anywhere in England, you're in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I can't really compute that as but, a rival. But right? Harrison, when you get here, a Timbers, a, a Portland, a Seattle game match, that's what you want to watch. It's that probably, is the peak of American soccer. Yeah, it's probably the best atmosphere in American club soccer, okay. for sure. Okay. Maybe, that's actually what got me into the game, to be honest, was, was a, or the Sounders, so. Yeah, or the, I guess the new LA one is getting a little more heated. El, El Trafico. El yes. Trafico, yes. <laughs> Which the fans of each club hates. They hate that name, but it's their name. Right. Okay. El Trafico. <laughs> All right. And we're, for the last three questions, I'm going to switch to our local club, Minnesota United. Um, if you did, any, again, if you did any, any of these right. I mean, I'll, I can stop you right there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What bird is on the Minnesota United crest? Is it an American bird? Yes. Eagle. <laughs> no, but... I've got nothing. <laughs> American bird. American and also Canadian bird, I guess. Is it big bird? And you've thrown a... <laughs> oh, I wish. That'd be, that'd be fucking fantastic. <laughs> be cool, that. <laughs> it's a It's a loon. It's a what? It's it's a loon? Do you guys not know what a loon is? A, a loon is a crazy person in England. That's a state bird, isn't it? It is a state oh. bird in Minnesota, yeah. yeah, yeah have, have you guys seen things. our have you guys seen our crest? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. No. The spread spread out wings, isn't it? Sort of like Oh yeah. shoot. Hang on. Sorry, I have to turn off the <laughs> the background. You're not really there, Nick? What? No, I'm not. <laughs> that's all right. This is on yeah. a scarf, so it's knit, so it's a little weird, but do you have more trivia questions on the crest? Am I giving them away? No. You're okay. <laughs> so I, I, I love our crest. It's one of the best in American, right. in American sports. So we have 11 wings on the loon. It represents the 11 players, obviously. 
the Star of the North. We haven't won anything, but uh, we're in the, the northern the part North of the Star. country, right? Uh, and then yeah. the the gray represents the iron ranges in, in the state of Minnesota. Up north, we have some huge iron ranges. And then this, the blue sash is for the Mississippi River that um, unites the two cities here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul. So it has a really a, a really great meaning behind it, and it's really cool too. So I get which is this is this is where this is where American culture and English culture are just so, really. I mean, we yeah, symbolism doesn't doesn't compute <laughs> to the extent right so this i get a little bit and I, I i'm cautious of saying this because i appreciate this is um my football club that i manage basically he's gonna talk about the dragon who i love time so our nickname is the dragons right yeah but if you if you have a look on the badge of the scarf <laughs> um on the scarf you've got have a look at what is in the middle right so that okay it's not a great it's supposed to be St. Michael, right? It's supposed to be, uh, I think, this is where symbolism is lost on me, that's a dead dragon. <laughs> that's Just a dragon with down. a sword running right through its heart. <laughs> yeah. So I have no idea <laughs> at what stage we thought it was a great idea to call ourselves the dragon, <laughs> that our badge is reflecting of one that is dead. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never quite understood that, but there we go, there we have it. Well, it's it, symbolism has become such a thing in American soccer now that every single new team that posts their logo has this over, over uh, basically it's over explained like this right. is the color black for <laughs> this one road in our city that no one drives on, right? And this is the color. This says this, or this is a tree because our roots run deep in this town. It's like, well, that's every town, you moron. But yeah, it's so it's a nice batch though. It's, yes, it's a lovely yeah. batch. Now, now the thing is to post a new badge and just make fun of the other people who over-explain their badges. It's a whole thing. We, we, we've become a meme of ourselves here in American soccer. I feel bad on Nick now because he seemed really passionate about describing his badge. Then no, that no, that that's awesome. I mean, I'm looking at yours, and it and it's funny because I would look at this, you know, and and when we were setting up the interview, I was like, oh well, let me look and see what I can find on this team. And and I immediately my mind went to what in the world does this mean? Like, wh why is this? Why is there somebody killing a dragon? Like, it's just crazy. I mean, uh, we've got we've got a Latin motto on there, um, which means no stepping back, which is its literal translation. Um, again, I have no idea of, of our Latin heritage. I don't know when that started. <laughs> I'm not not sure. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, yeah weird thing. That's also been adopted over here because Seattle Sounders, they wanted to be taken more seriously, I should say. Seriously. They adopted their own Latin slogan, which I thought was really cool. But it is it is a weird thing that clubs do, even over here. Yeah. American soccer clubs have been accused of like <clears throat> taking European, but Europeanizing their teams and like the slogans and the FCs and the we have a Real Salt Lake. It's like there's nothing even remotely foreign about Salt Lake. It's the it's the <laughs> whitest place in America. Like you want to be called Real? Come on, <laughs> like the stuff like that is annoying. And every team has new team in MLS has like oh yeah, choose our next team name. And then oh these are really cool. And like we're gonna be Charlotte FC. Like that's not 
you should have been something interesting. You chose FC. Uh, well, that's. I mean, England. Your 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 last name. Let's call it is usually either City, Town, or United. Like, there's very few variations. You guys have got. I mean, it's a whole thesaurus out there. Yeah. Wow, don't it? This next question, Nick kind of gave away, not with a star foot earlier in the twiz. Uh, what song do the supporters sing after a Minnesota United win? And I'll give you a hint, it is a British band. British band? Yeah. It's got to be the Beatles then, surely. M- more derivative. <laughs> derivative of the Beatles. Like, who taught Recent? the Beatles? Everyone the band, the, the band is recent, but they're broken up. The song is came out, I think, late. Oasis. It is Oasis. Uh, it can only be Don't Looking Back in Anger or Wonderwall, surely. Okay. Wonderwall. Wonderwall. I, I have, <laughs> I have uh, tried to get people to sing Don't Look Back in Anger after losses, but they get mad at me. <laughs> so, <laughs> which defeats the purpose of singing it. Uh, yeah, Wonderwall. Uh, started when you were a lower league team. Our code. Uh, we had this. We were lead owned. We were going through financial troubles ourselves. We were nicknamed by our su- our supporters, the team that nobody wanted, and we made this playoff run and, and then w- winning the cup. And throughout that, this coach on the team started like standing wonder watcher games, and the players got into it, and then they would come over and send it to us, and we send it back to them. So there's there's actual history to it. I'm trying to justify it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, our supporter section is called the Wonderwall. I would highly recommend song. looking up a YouTube video of of us singing Wonderwall after a win. It's it's pretty great. Pretty great. Yeah. Nice. And our last question. It's not really a question. It's just a request. Number ten. Name one Minnesota Minnesota United player. I, yeah. yeah. The way you know, that we just straight three from the whole league. We're going to start with <laughs> one team, aren't we? <laughs> Gary. Gary. and you got a player from like madagascar or somewhere we do yeah we do i remember reading that on some like like weird weird places for where, where players are playing i remember seeing there's a is, it, is he a center back or, is he a center back uh right back right back sorry right. that's it yeah 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 i remember seeing that Weird. Yeah. He, he made the All Star game his first year here because we have that because it's America. <laughs> Who does the, so that, that's the uh, same as basketball, I imagine, East versus West, right? Actually, it used to be, but now they get a European team to come and play against oh, the okay. All Stars. So last last time we had it, it was against uh, Atletico Madrid. I think United have played against the All Stars. Yep. Pro- probably, yes. yeah. Uh, I think Chelsea Russia's has. Badly, you know? right. Yeah, we we never win, but right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was the, the starting. I think he was starting right back for the team for the All Stars. Yeah, he's been, mm-hmm. he's pretty good. Yeah, but I'll, I'll give that to you. You knew a, <laughs> a Madagascar player on the team. Yeah, well, we got way more than I thought we were going to do. So I'm quite. Yeah, absolutely. I'm quite good. I mean, you were you were close with Gary. That, Roman Metonair, Gary, pretty much the same name. <laughs> and that's all the questions I have for you guys. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks so much for doing this. 
Hi, Thanks for putting up putting up with our MLS twiz. Brad, you got more than one right. Yeah. But no, thank you for inviting us. Like I say, it's the same as the, the deal with Loki, that the 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 more this this club has got a a light shone on it, no matter where it is in the world, uh, the, the the better off we are for it. So I appreciate your time and uh, and you reaching out and getting us on. It's been really good. Really appreciate it too. And I want to give a shout out to all our listeners and say, go check out their store. Because that's the first thing I did when Caleb texted me. I was like, I went and looked at your store and I have to say your, your primary kit is awesome. I'm not just hyping it up. The, the jersey, the blue and yellow combination, it looks really sick. I also, I, because I'm a Sounders fan, I love the, the alternate green jersey. So, you know, anything you do to, to support the club, do it. And the store is the best way to do it. I, don't, I, don't, I know there are other avenues you can donate yeah. to as well. But. Yeah, well, yeah, we will link all of those um, on our Twitter page, uh, the Just Haven page, and also their merch store um, at TWO United Fans. Um, yeah, anything guys? Anything else you guys want to plug, or is there is there a way to watch your games over here when they're when they're happening? Not live, no. We we um or? we sometimes put the a, a few highlights out of Harrison kicking players into Rose Ed, and, <laughs> and, um, but no, we, we, we contractually we're not actually allowed to stream games. Um, it's part of an FA rule. Really? We're not allowed to. Yeah, it's a strange one that I've never really understood it. But um, we're not even allowed to do live feeds on our social media um, because Sky have put so much money into having three o'clock kickoffs and stuff on their TV shows, and uh, we're not even allowed to to do ours, which is a bit mad. But um, we will certainly put up highlights over the course of the year. Awesome. Well, th- again, thanks for having us. You can. Follow the team at Basinstone underscore FC. Is that it? That's the one. Set that up, really. All right. Then we're at TWN other fans. We'll post, uh, with this pod, we'll post a uh, link to their merch store, link to the Just Giving page. Uh, see if we can't push them up a few thousand dollars more. Um, then, as we said with our Patreon, if you're struggling, don't be, feel pressured to dig, but if you can, it's a good cause. Saving a Helping a team out in England that had been screwed over by a James Bond villain. I can't think of a better cause than that, to be honest. So, um, with that, uh, thanks to Tectonics. We saw this song, Lustless, as our theme music. And as always, shout out to the people.